Welcome to Fully Vetted Animal Care News from the Clinic to the Farm, presented by the Ohio Veterinary Medical Association. And here is your host, Mia Cunningham, and producer, Kristen Bennett. Welcome to the Fully Vetted Podcast. I'm your host, Mia Cunningham. And I'm producer and sometimes co-host, Kristen Bennett. Before we dive into today's episode, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Banfield Pet Hospital. Bring your passion and talent for veterinary medicine to Banfield Pet Hospital, where you can do what you love every day with the resources and support you deserve. Banfield delivers innovative care, training and mentoring, student debt relief, and real opportunities to grow your veterinary career and lead great teams. Banfield Pet Hospital, be here. Check out their brand new career website at jobs.banfield.com. Today, we welcome to the show our guest, Kayla Orso. Kayla is a student leader at the Ohio State University College of Veterinary Medicine, and she's joining today to talk about the JH Bias Affinity Group at the College of Vet Med. So Kayla, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I have had the pleasure of working with you in a couple of different spaces, but for those listeners who aren't familiar with you, would you mind sharing just a little bit about your background, like where you're from? what year you are, and why a career in veterinary medicine? Yeah, sure. So I am originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm a third year now at OSU. Uh, I did my undergrad and my master's here, so I've been here for a while. Veterinary medicine has always been, you know, number one answer for me. Ever since I was a little kid, I've always had animals and I've always had that passion. So I haven't wanted to do anything else, I feel like. (laughs) Awesome. So just kind of in your DNA, huh? Yeah. And you're from my hometown, so I'm already a fan. Yay. Go Cincy. <laughs> uh, so as I mentioned, kind of at, at the top of the, the interview, you are actively involved in the JH Bias Affinity Group. Yes. And as I understand, you're the president of that organization? Yes. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us just a little bit about the Affinity Group, its history, um, where the name came from? Yeah. So um, the... OSU uh, College of Veterinary Medicine has several different affinity groups pertaining to specific groups of students, you know, from students that are parents, students that are first generation, and then also, uh, you know, Latinx, Asian identifying. And our group is Dr. J.H. Bias Black Affinity Group. So we're all-inclusive group, even though we are formed to support Black veterinary students, faculty, and staff at the College of Veterinary Medicine. We actually got our name after Dr. James H. Bias, who was the first Black male to graduate from OSU College of Veterinary Medicine. It's a total coincidence that his last name is Bias. It definitely confuses people sometimes um, that our group has something to do with bias or anything like that, but it definitely doesn't. Just his last name. You know, we support the journey of Black veterinary students, faculty and staff, also, you know, empower them foster diversity and inclusion within the school itself, provide a safe place for Black students to network and just be. So you touched on it a little bit, I guess, in my next question, but why has the group been an important part of your student experience? When I first got to the College of Veterinary Medicine, I didn't have the big problem with navigating campus because I had been there, but 
a lot of students come to vet school from out of state and you don't have that place where, you know, you feel that you can be totally comfortable sometimes. So this is just a place where, you know, you can find other Black veterinary students and it gives you a place, you know, you can ask about homework and studying and you just feel comfortable. So kind of along those lines of just, you know, meeting and connecting with people, I, you know, would imagine like everyone else, you guys have been impacted by COVID-19 and it's mm-hmm. impacted your ability to meet in person. So in what ways have you guys worked to stay connected over the course of the last year? Oof, it has been tough. We are a group that before COVID-19, we were doing some type of event at least twice a month. Sometimes we would even overbook ourselves and find ourselves doing an event every week. We love to be together. You know, even in the academic setting, we would do study group potlucks. And then, you know, we'd also do socials where we would meet at a restaurant and just hang out. So COVID-19 has really put a dent in that. At the beginning, we did a lot of big Zoom calls where we're all on together and just hung out, sometimes even silently. Um, So that's our way of connecting. Most times is just, we're still doing events, just a lot of Zoom events. (laughs) I'm going to piggyback on that a little bit. The use of your online social media, I found to be like incredible. Yay. Yeah. I think it's a great way to just kind of keep people informed about what's going on. Is that an active part of how you reach people now? Or has that kind of always been a format of communication that you guys have, have developed? It definitely has increased since COVID-19. During Black History Month, we make it a huge point to post three times a week on a certain theme or issue that we can educate on. And we did that again this Black History Month as well. But now, seeing as it's like our only form of communication, it definitely has increased. But a lot of our posts are still geared towards trying to let people know about some events that we've been having. We've been having some uh, virtual panels with Black veterinarians. We just had one on like uh, Black hair and nails in the veterinary workplace. Um, So we use social media a lot to promote that one. So what are your social media handles if people want to follow you or get more information? All right. Our Instagram handle is Dr. Period J.H. Bias B.A.G. And then our Facebook, you can find us under Dr. J.H. Bias Black Affinity Group. And are you guys on Twitter as well? We're not. No. Okay. Maybe that's our next venture is heading to Twitter. The Twitterverse. <laughs> um, so how can OVMA and its membership help support you guys? I feel like a lot of our things are based in mentorship. We're always trying to find Black veterinarians that we can connect with. Not only to have them speak for the group, but also to go foreshadowing experiences, externships, um, that kind of thing. So Black veterinarians that we reach out to us. Another thing that I feel like could help support the group now and even post-grad as well. Financial support for Black veterinary students, like scholarships. So we do offer a minority scholarship. So that's okay. something that's been longstanding. Actually, we've done, um, I think, for at least like the last 10 years. So I think maybe just making it more apparent to the group that that is available um, is something we could, you know, work on getting information to the group about, you know, how how and when to apply for it. Okay. Yeah. 
I know you guys have done a lot of speaking out about the issues in the Black community, especially last year with everything going on in the summer. So just continuing to speak out on those events in support of us, that is super helpful to know that we're supported and listened to. And then also just educating members on Black issues, especially microaggressions. As fourth-year veterinary students, when we go out into the field and, you know, as we become vets, we just want to feel respected just as any of our other colleagues. So it's just important that we continue to educate members on that so that when we enter the field, we don't have to endure these problems, you know, from our colleagues and that they are still there to support us as well. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that because I think that I don't know that always gets articulated. So it's great to, you know, hear those things and those concerns um, because sometimes people just aren't aware. I also wanted to mention that you are um, actively involved in the OVMA Black Doctors Working Group. So we really appreciate having your voice represented and trying to help us bridge the gap between the association and the JH Bias Affinity Groups has been very helpful. I'm just curious what your experience as a Black student has been. Do you see or have you seen a lot of discrimination in the academic setting? I would say that me personally, I don't feel targeted at OSU, at least. OSU does a fantastic job of not only supporting Black veterinary students, but also speaking out on those issues and making it clear that they want to foster diversity inclusion. No school's perfect, but I feel like our school goes above and beyond to make sure that we know that's one of their principal values. I mean, our dean is amazing. Um, Dean Moore, he does so much for us. And I think that at OSU, it's hard to actually feel, feel that kind of disconnect. But I have heard from other students and friends fourth years that have been out there. Um, and just, just the other day, I heard from a fourth year that's out on a large animal rotation. She was discriminated against. They thought that she was the help at a dairy expo. So these things do happen. They are happening every day. And even if they're not happening to me, they're, they're happening to others. I really like to make it a point to continue to speak out on those things, even if they're not as outright and in our face as you would think they would be. That's good to hear about OSU being such a inclusive and safe space. I hope it it expands to the rest of the the profession. Yeah. Yeah, I think being a trailblazer in that because it's it's from the process from the beginning to end. So as he's explained to us, he's been on a couple of our calls, Kristen. And he's talked about everything from the assessment and intake process and making sure that people that are on panels and admissions meet certain criteria as it relates to checking their bias. And it's just like from beginning to end, he's thought the entire process through to make it as inclusive as possible. But, you know, the rest of the world has yet to catch up. So, you know, making sure that the profession is aware and, and things like this is, I think you're going to help. And so I'm, I'm happy to have Kayla on to share those things, especially from your, your perspective. You know, this is your lived experience. And so where else to hear it from? One more question for you before we let you go. How do you plan to continue supporting the Black veterinary community once you graduate? Do you see yourself participating in a similar group or volunteering in other ways? I would love to. I don't know what's out there that I can join if I could be a part of OVMA later on, the diversity members and groups, but it's definitely a huge passion. I I also have a huge passion of educating the Black community on agriculture. 
And I think OVMA could step in there. There's a lot of things that I want to be able to bring to young kids later on in life. That's always been something that I've wanted to do. I think that our community as a whole doesn't get to see a farm to table. I want us to have 4-H opportunities. I want us to have those experiences as showing animals, raising animals, that kind of thing. That's great. I think that area of the profession is often overlooked, especially in terms of diversity. Great. Well, I appreciate you. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks. Thanks you guys do. All, right, All right. Bye. 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 Coming up next, we'll continue our Meet the Board series as I sit down with Dr. Michelle McFadden, representative for OVMA District 7. Stay tuned. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Well, thanks for uh, hopping on here for a few minutes to, to talk to us. Well, I'm glad that you invited me. And just to give everyone a quick introduction, Dr. Michelle McFadden is a 1995 Ohio State graduate and a small animal practitioner in Akron. She's the owner of Akron Peninsula Veterinary Office and sits on the board of Metropolitan Veterinary Hospital. In addition to being OVMA District 7 representative, Dr. McFadden is a past president of the Summit County VMA and a longtime board member of the Ohio Animal Health Foundation, which is the charitable arm of the OVMA. Actually, I was just thinking about that the other day. I think, um, I want to say maybe 10 years. Wow, that's impressive. You must find it to be a rewarding experience. I feel that uh, what we're doing uh, can help a lot. I wish we could do more, you know, uh, every year we seem to be able to give some money away for some of the grant proposals that are submitted to us, but we don't really get a whole lot. Surprisingly, I just don't think that the awareness of the foundation is front and center. So we're working on it. And then of course, COVID doesn't help, you know, as far as being able to, to do events. We always have an annual golf event in September. We're trying to come up with other fundraising ideas. One year we did a virtual 5K, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of fun. You know, there's no pressure and you do it on your own time. And you know, that seemed to work out pretty well too. So we're just trying to come up with new, more innovative ideas that we can relate more to the younger people. There's not many people that golf anymore. It's too bad for them. It's a good time. Yeah, yeah. I'm not very good at it, but I try to get out there and and hit the balls. And I always want to try to get the women's longest drive and I never quite get it, but it gives me something to strive for. (laughs) Is that the only time you golf at the foundation? As of lately, yes. Yeah, I used to be on a really loose women's golf league. And usually by the seventh or eighth hole, we're already talking about where we're going to go out to dinner. And (laughs) so it's not a serious thing. But sometimes they play better without playing, like (laughs) luck type of thing, you know? Yeah. Kind of that way with, with bowling. Like I never yeah. bowl and then I'll go bowling and I'll, I'll get a strike on the first throw and but then that'll be it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I loved bowling. I did a, a bowling league one year and I was awful. <laughs> I was the worst one on the league and I felt bad. I was no help. I was just like, this is not for me. <laughs> oh, well. well, you had fun, right? I did have fun. Yep. So what made you decide to run for a position on the board of the OVMA? 
Well, uh, I'll be honest, it wasn't, you know, on my to-do list. My previous boss and mentor, Dr. Tom Mann, he actually went through all the ranks, um, eventually became the president of the OVMA. You know, he was always very forward with me, you know, as to how important the OVMA is. I think that was, you know, brought to you by his predecessor. And, uh, you know, it's something that as a student, you know about the OVMA and, you know, yes, they do little things here and there. As you start your career, you know, you're so focused on just the medicine part. And as you get older, you know, you start to realize that there are things that go on regarding your profession that doesn't necessarily just involve, you know, you taking care of animals on various occasions through the years. And there have been issues that have come up that could have impacted our profession. And you know, Dr. Mann, you pointed out how much the OVMA was there to sort this out, help us and, and give us a voice. So through that, uh, and now that I am a business owner, I bought my practice about six years ago from him. That business part of being a veterinarian, the OVMA has a lot of impact and you, you can see how things have changed through the years. And so I feel it's really important that we keep our association fresh and updated and try to be impactful. I hope I can help and, and make some changes or at least strengthen the association and the things that we want to keep the same with our profession. When I go to conferences, it's amazing how little other veterinarians from other states know about their association. And so I think the OVMA has always been an excellent platform to go to, you know, that can give us good information, guidance, and help be our voice. It doesn't seem like a big thing when you're right out of school, but as you get further into your profession, you can tell that this is really important and, and we need to keep people involved with it. And uh, that's pretty much why I got into it, because <laughs> I want to be one of those people to help and spread the word and keep it strong. That's great. We mm -hmm. appreciate that. So you mentioned students who aren't necessarily well-informed about the OVMA and what we do. We recently saw another class of veterinary students graduate and join the profession. What advice do you have for new veterinarians as they embark on their careers? It's so important to surround yourself with people that are supportive. Always know that you're never alone with situations. There's always somebody there to you can go to for those good days and for those bad days. And stay engaged. Don't isolate yourself. Don't feel like you have to take this all on your own. We've all been there. This is a process. And don't go into it thinking you have to know everything 100%. Every day I'm learning something new, you know, you're growing, you're learning. And when you feel like you're at the end or you're tired or you just don't have that energy anymore, look to something else related to your profession. And that can just kind of breathe new life into your love of why you got into what you wanted to get into. And as long as you truly enjoy taking care of animals and making their lives better, you can't go wrong with that choice. Were you one of those kids who knew she always wanted to be a veterinarian? Pretty much. I honestly can't remember that light bulb moment. You know, I've always loved horses. I never owned a horse. Uh, my neighbor was the one that had the horse and I'd tail along with her to her horse shows and be a little bit jealous that she, <laughs> she had the horse and I didn't. Uh, and then I always loved science, math. 
if I didn't get into vet school, actually, I would have probably been an engineer. My dad was an engineer, but I kind of merged everything together. Hey, I like animals and I like science and this would be something kind of fun to pursue. And you know, it was a little naive with dealing with the owner's part. <laughs> like most of us, when we're little, we think, oh, it's fun to play with kittens and puppies. Mm-hmm. So when I went to vet school, I actually thought I would be an equine vet not knowing really what was all involved with that. But obviously that came around very quickly that that was not my thing. It's a whole different dynamic. (laughs) So when I first started vet school, I thought I'd graduate, move out West, live in Montana, you know, (laughs) this James Harriet kind of thing. But you know, your paths change. (laughs) You never know it at the time why it's happening, but it always turns out to be the best path that that you should have taken, you know. So um, my whole family's here. I could, you know, knowing what I know now, it would have been difficult not to have my family around in the beginning of my career. And so uh, I was kind of bummed because I felt like, oh, I'm back in my my hometown. (laughs) But I love this area and I've grown to love it. It's just a great place to live. I can't complain. It's been wonderful. That's great to hear that you still love it. Mm -hmm. Yep. There are moments. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's true of most jobs. (laughs) More good than bad though. So just for fun, for our last question, what is something unique or interesting about you that not very many people know? Probably the most unique thing about me that I can think of is that I was an exchange student to Costa Rica my senior year in high school. And I lived there for nine months. It was beautiful. I came back just in time to to graduate, though, with my class. It was quite an experience. There were some trying things that happened, (laughs) but it made me grow. I came back. I was so much more confident and independent. You know, we didn't have cell phones back there. I couldn't just call my parents on a whim. It's funny because my kids are now the age that I was when my parents sent me off. And I thought, how could they do that? How could they just let me go to a foreign country without the ability to to get a hold of me and not knowing the language very well? And that, yeah, I'm here. I I survived. (laughs) Sounds like quite an adventure. It really was. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. You have a good day. See you around. All right. Bye. That does it for today's episode. If you enjoyed today's show, please be sure to tune in in two weeks for the next episode. Please visit us at fullyvettedpodcast.com for show notes and to provide listener feedback. As always, until next time, stay safe and be well. The Ohio Veterinary Medical Association is always seeking ways to enrich your member experience. To access resources mentioned in this episode, share your feedback and suggestions, and send us an email or voice message, please visit www.fullyvettedpodcast.com. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you prefer to listen, so you never miss an episode. I'm Kristen Bennett, and on behalf of the OVMA, thanks for listening to Fully Vetted. We'll see you next time.